Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.42 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the 7th of April, 2020. This is episode 2029 of Bitcoin And. Let's talk about habitable land. Let's just do that for a second. Um, a couple of days ago, I tweeted out that one Bitcoin equals 747 acres of habitable land. Why the hell did I do that? Well, <laughs> there's this trend that's always been in Bitcoin to sell your Bitcoin for essentially what is worthless fiat so that you can go buy shit. Well, that is changing slowly, but it is changing. You know, what we're all kind of, you know, not what we're seeing is the inevitable that, you know, instead of going through all, jump through all the damn hoops to exchange Bitcoin for worthless fiat so that you can give it to somebody who doesn't think it's worthless fiat so that they can give you shit, right? Well, instead of that, you know, once I think people are going to start and some people are starting to understand that it just be a hell of a lot easier to just take the Bitcoin for the good so that we don't have to go through all this crap. Well, the real problem that I see is that we keep, and I'm guilty of this shit too. I mean, it's not like I'm like some kind of pristine Bitcoin or something like that, but we keep it. We have this tendency to uh, continuously denote Bitcoin in terms of US dollars or euros or whatever your worthless fiat of choice happens to be. <clears throat> So I started thinking, well, if one Bitcoin always equals one Bitcoin, that all, you know, that actually isn't all that helpful either, kind of. Don't yell at me yet, okay? I'm coming to something. So I started thinking, well, would it be useful to denote gold or a Bitcoin in the amount of gold? Well, no, not really, because we keep finding new veins of gold and at one point or another some idiot is going to try to mine the sea floor and they're going to find all manner of gold and they're going to fuck that shit up too so it's a continuous emission of gold plus the fact that whatever all the material that coalesced to make the earth is the same material that coalesced to make venus and mars and the asteroid belt and mercury uh, I don't think anybody's going to be mining, you know, Venus or uh, Mercury anytime soon, but, and probably not in my lifetime, I get the feeling that soon enough, uh, the Mars and the asteroid belt will probably start being mined and there's going to be a shit ton of gold. So that doesn't really work either. So I started thinking, well, if we were to compare it to anything that actually has use, and is fairly static, 
I'd have to go with habitable land. Habitable land is not the top of mountains. It is not frickin' the middle of Death Valley. It's not sitting in the middle of the Sahara Desert. No, it's habitable land. You know, land that doesn't try to kill you every single day, right? Like uh, down there around Big Bend <laughs> by the, uh, oh God, by the Rio Grande. Yeah, go to go to Big Bend National Park and then uh, go to a place called, ask the uh, people at the uh, ranger station where uh, to get onto River Road and make sure you take about 10 gallons of water and a spare tire. And you drive around that son of a bitch in the middle of July for a little bit and see if you want to call that son of a bitch habitable. No. Marathon, Texas is really close to that. It's kind of habitable, but if you're not terribly careful, it'll kill your ass too. Now, I'm talking about habitable land. Now, according to Wikipedia, um, and I, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm just doing cursory examination here. There's nothing wrong with starting research with Wikipedia just to start coalescing, you know, some kind of facts that you can then go, well, now I need to go check that. Okay. So, but from a preliminary standpoint and a cursory examination, there seemed to be about 15.7, 15.8 billion with a B acres of habitable, habitable land. Divide that number by 21 million and you get roughly around 747 acres of habitable, arable land that you can grow shit on. It won't try to kill you. Well, mostly won't try to kill you. And you'll probably be able to grow stuff on it and, you know, eke out a living. All right. So if I got one Bitcoin and I say that it's worth 747 acres of arable land, at what rate will that actually change? Well, the way that we're going, we're actually losing arable, you know, arable, habitable land. And the only way to really get new land going is if um, lava flows, you know, like in Hawaii, they're con continuously adding land mass, but it's not habitable. I mean, okay, in Hawaii, if I stand on like a, you know, a 10-year-old lava flow, it's probably not going to kill me. I mean, the weather is really nice, but I'm not going to really be able to grow anything on it either. So that's out. So the amount of new land in, you know, habitable, arable land probably doesn't change very much within like several handfuls of generations, but we do lose it. Okay. So in my opinion, the only reason I'm doing this is that in my opinion, I really think that comparing Bitcoin to the amount of land that you can buy for it is better than comparing it to fiat. It's better than comparing it to gold. Okay, just saying, you guys can go ahead and, and kill me now. All right, so now now that that's all done, let's get into this one by Will Heisman. Demand for Bitcoin online courses explodes by 300%. Trapped inside by the coronavirus quarantines, hordes of people are turning to online resources to learn about Bitcoin. This was written on April the 7th for Decrypt.co. Again, this is by Will Heisman. I hope I'm right uh, saying his name correctly. The number of people signing up for online Bitcoin and cryptocurrency learning courses has skyrocketed in the wake of COVID-19. 
with the pan ban pan ban sorry guys with the pandemic forcing a global trend of lockdown and quarantines millions all over the world have sought refuge online daily routines are fractured and many are left wondering how to fill their now abundant time as a consequence, online learning courses have soared in interest and people want to learn about Bitcoin. Popular online learning platform Udemy told Decrypt it saw a fourfold increase in demand for its Bitcoin and cryptocurrency courses in the past month alone. Quote, what we see on the Udemy platform is that demand for Bitcoin slash cryptocurrency or shitcoin Related courses has quadrupled in the past month, a spokesperson said. Coursera, a service that collates courses from universities worldwide, similarly saw a huge uptick in Bitcoin-based classes in the last four weeks compared to that of the previous year. Quote, in March, we saw a 293% increase in the total number of enrollments on our platform and a 200% increase for blockchain cryptocurrency and Bitcoin courses, specifically, a Coursera spokesperson said. It's not exactly surprising. While stuck at home, online courses are a way to stay productive without leaving the house. Photographer Roddy Konstanov told Decrypt he was looking for an online course to learn more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Quote, I've always enjoyed tech, but never had any formal training. Last week, I started learning JavaScript on Udemy. Good, good for you, man. In an effort to expand my skills, so far, I'm really enjoying it, and given my, given my interest in crypto blockchain, the next logical step is learning about the blockchain framework and smart contracts. He said, quote, even though the courses are short, it would be difficult to do this if life were in full swing, he said, adding, this is why I'm taking the opportunity while I can. As Decrypt reported, the lockdown has already seen an increase in interest for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency trading, God forbid. Multiple exchanges said they saw large increases in signups in March. Kraken in particular cited an 83% rise in signups in March. But people don't solely want to learn or trade cryptocurrency. The increase in demand for online Bitcoin courses is part of a wider trend, with schools, universities, and other educational hubs all shuttered to quell the spread of COVID. Scholars are seeking new avenues for learning. edX. <clears throat> A nonprofit offering free online courses by heavy hitters Harvard, MIT, and others told Decrypt it saw a massive increase in enrollments. This is 100% COVID driven, explained Lee Rubenstein, vice president of business development at edX. Employees and students need courses and skills. Class Central, an aggregator of online courses, including Coursera and edX, also saw a significant uptick in users, citing that it saw 6 million new users in the last three weeks. If only they could teach people that coronavirus isn't caused by 5G. And oh my God, if you don't know what they're talking about, there's a, a rumor, and I, don't, I have no idea if it's fake or true. I, I don't care enough about it to look into it, but apparently people are burning down 5G poles because the rumor is that 5G either causes coronavirus, uh, makes it worse, uh, causes it to spread. I don't know. It, I've heard every single one of those. It's just re it's ridiculous. So they're they're burning 5G towers. <laughs> oh God, hairless apes are so funny sometimes. But yeah, um, the what they you know at the head of this article there's something that that really you know strikes strikes me here is that 
since daily, in, it says this, daily routines are fractured. Many are left wondering how to fill their now abundant time. Now, just think about that a little bit. Is it possible that when we get to the other side of this, people are going to have a completely different view of their time? How likely is it? I mean, the longer this goes, the less likely it is. So if it shuts off tomorrow, uh, I may be completely wrong. But if it goes on for a long, long time after this, what's what's going to be the effect of people's psyche coming out the other side thinking that the shit job that they have is really worth it when they could be learning something new or and i i know i get it money okay boils down to worth the, the worthless fiat that for whatever reason other people seem to think is so fucking important and i'm not talking about a utopia here i mean it's it's clear you're going to need money to go buy food to pay your rent pay your bills and all that kind of shit However, I get the feeling that there's going to be a lot more depression on the other side of this because people are going to be doing this shit job for this shit fiat so that they can pay their fucking bills because everybody else seems to think that this fiat that we apparently just have no end of, right? Infinite printing, money printer go burr infinitely. I just, I don't know. I think depression rates are going to uh, skyrocket. If this goes on, and people start really, really, really learning a whole bunch of stuff, and then all of a sudden it's cut off, and then they go back to pushing paper around. I don't know, man. I don't see good things out of it. I really don't. Um, although, unless if you learn enough, quickly enough, to completely change your entire life, I think those guys will be fine. But, you know, and by changing the life, I mean learning enough to be able to go get a job so that you can get your worthless fiat, so that you can give it to somebody who thinks it's not worthless so that they can give you shit. Otherwise, God, I just can't wait for Bitcoin. And I don't even need, I don't even need hyper-Bitcoinization. I really don't. So, I mean, whatever. You get what I'm saying. Uh, Now, in direct opposition to the amount of interest being shown in Bitcoin, Bitcoin Google searches fall to pre-March levels. Antonal Antonovici is writing for Bitcoinist.com sometime this morning, and he says the number of Google searches for Bitcoin has dropped close to pre-March levels, suggesting that the interest in the cryptocurrency could be declining despite its safe haven potential amid the looming crisis. Well, that kind of doesn't make any sense now, does it? We just saw a 300% increase in people trying to learn how to do this shit. So uh, Google... Trends data shows that the interest in Bitcoin has gradually declined worldwide to previous levels. Last month, Google searches for the term Bitcoin skyrocketed and almost touched a 12-month high on March the 13th, the day after the stock markets crashed to multi-year lows. The collapse was a result of the coronavirus panic and the aggressive lockdown measures imposed by governments across all continents, including Europe, Asia, and North America. People were probably searching for a way to preserve their savings given that many have lost their jobs. In the U.S. alone, the applications for unemployment benefits surged to $6.65 million in the week, ending March 28th, which is a record high and an unprecedented figure. For example, previous record highs were way below $1 million. And I'm lo- they have this graph here, initial unemployment claims, and the if you just it's just like this deadline that goes by, yes, little little peaks and valleys, and it's all below one million, and 
And then you get here and it just, I mean, it's like a rocket into space and it's not a good rocket to have. I'm just saying, man. Um, however, despite surging interest in Bitcoin, many were probably disappointed to see that the largest cryptocurrency also crashed, losing half of its value, which it's all made up back up. While the Bitcoin prices recovered most of the losses, the interest in the cryptocurrency continues to decline to pre-March levels, at least according to Google Trends. All right, so come on, guys. How many times do the people on the face of this planet need to search Bitcoin? I mean, honestly, at what point does this shit stop? Anybody that's got access to a computer, heard about Bitcoin at one time or another, probably searched for it, decided they either loved it, you know, fell in love with it and fell down the rabbit hole, said meh, or was on the complete opposite side and said, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And they don't need to search for it again. How many times, you know how many times I've performed a search for Bitcoin? Once. That's exactly how many times I performed a search on Google for Bitcoin. Okay? Just saying. I, I'm Along with that, how many people do we expect every single day to come to an age, like as they're young, you know, they're babies, they're not going to search, they're toddlers, they ain't going to search, they're five, they're probably not going to search for Bitcoin. Maybe getting into 12, you know, somewhere around there. But honestly, across the world with access to the internet, how many people per day are going to say, hey, I've never thought about this before. I'm going to do it now. Those are the only, in my opinion, it's kind of like the only people that are left to search for Bitcoin. So this whole Google trends and searching for Bitcoin, honestly, I think that metric at this point, I think we can kind of leave it behind. Okay. I'm more interested in the metric that we just heard about, a 300% increase in people wanting to learn about it. They've already searched. They already know enough that it's like clearly something that you've got to learn about. Now they've passed over. I think that's a better metric at this point than whatever Google Trends says about Bitcoin searches. So honestly, guys, give it a rest. Except for this dude. This this dude needs to be speared. He needs to be harpooned. We need to have a Captain Ahab who has nothing but disdain and a complete willing to throw his own life down the toilet to kill this son of a bitch. Whale moves 50,000 Bitcoin worth $367 million in sudden crypto shuffle. If my heart chest had been a cannon, I would have shot my heart upon it. A mysterious crypto whale just surfaced. I want him dead. Moving hundreds of millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin in a series of transactions. According to the blockchain.com, the whale initially transferred 50,000 Bitcoin worth $367 million to one unknown wallet. My God, could you imagine hitting that send? Honestly, could you imagine hitting that send? It's amazing. And in the same transfer set, once sent 100 to a separate unknown wallet, the fee for the giant transfer was 37 cents. Oh, my fees. Eh, screw your narrative. The movement was first spotted by the crypto tracker whale alert. After the initial transfer, the whale then continued to move the BTC to unidentified wallets in a similar fashion until sending a final loan transfer 
of 49,742 BTC to one single address. Again, can you imagine hitting that send? He's already sent it once. And then he sent a whole bunch of it around the horn to all kinds of, he's washing it. And then has to hit the whole send. Uh, it just amazed me. I, I freak out when I'm sending a 10th of a Bitcoin, okay? The mysterious shuffle leaves no clue as to the origin origin of the sender. The whale could be an exchange, an institution, a crypto custody company, an over-the-counter trade, or an individual investor moving funds. In the last 24 hours, an additional 16 large transfers has been spotted on the ledger. The largest moved 5,150 BTC worth 36.5 million from Bitfinex to an unknown wallet. Oh, and then there's just a whole... They've got a whole bunch, like about 15 uh, of these type of things. Uh, 725 BTC sent from Binance to OKX, 700 BTC, 2,000, 1,500, 725, 2,600, 1,500, 2,000, 50, 5,000, 5,000, 3,000. I mean, just the list just goes on. So there be whales swimming around, y'all. I hope they meet the same fate as bear whale if their intention is to crash the price now given this given that potential sadness we have a gigantic hit of hopium to take max kaiser selling bitcoin now for fiat debt coupons is a crime well i'm glad max agrees with me this is written by william suberg for coin telegraph sometime this morning and he says bitcoin will be the only exit from the global reset sell, sell, sell. Uh, of finance, which will allow central banks to destroy the banking system itself. Oh, well, that's good news. Honestly, it just shows you the stupidity. That was just one conclusion from Simon Dixon, CEO of cryptocurrency funding platform Bank to the Future. In the last latest episode of financial news program, the Kaiser Report on April the 7th, discussing the global coronavirus epidemic and its impact on global finance, Dixon warned that the health aspect of the crisis was by no means its worst. Quote, I don't want to be dramatic, but this is a global reset in the financial system, he told host Max Kaiser. Coming after, he said, was a massive scrambling for power by governments and central banks, taxpayers, and those forced to rely on fiat money will pay the price. Now, no shit. Dixon continued, quote, I think we're going to see a real attack from central banks on traditional banks as we inevitably experience the ginormous consequences of essentially the world's largest regulated Ponzi scheme, end quote. The theory argues that central lending institutions will allow banks to die and instead allow citizens to open digital currency accounts directly with them. As a result, control of money and hence people who are forced to use it will become so easy that the world will enter what Kaiser describes as neo-feudalism. The birth of this dire state of affairs will be helped by coronavirus. Banning cash because of concerns over infection is one such example. Quote, you're going to end up with a very horrible, worse version of fiat currency to the one we have now created by banks as debt, Dixon continued. As Cointelegraph reported, Kaiser is <clears throat> sorry, Kaiser as well is no stranger to warning customers about the unavoidable collapse in fiat hegemony. Quote, I have a moral responsibility to keep my 2011 BTC hodled, he tweeted over the weekend. Okay, right there, Max, dude, don't dox your BTC. All right, that's like showing a picture of your kid 
or uh, or well, actually, everybody shows a picture. You're not a bad person if you show a picture of your kids. Let, let's do something else. Let's say that you give the address uh, of some like what was your best friend and their phone number and their email address. Let's say you do all that because you want people to just screw with that person incessantly because you're such an asshole that you put all their their vital statistics out into the field. That's what you're doing when you tell people how much uh, Bitcoin you hold. Now, if you tell people that you bought a, you know, a couple of two or 3,000 sats because you were just stacking some sats, I don't have a problem with that. But for God's sakes, don't tell people how much BTC you have ever for any, under any circumstances. Seriously, don't, don't do it. Quote, to legitimize any fiat debt coupons in any way now when we are on the edge of victory, would be a crime against humanity, end quote. Last week, Kaiser likened gold to toilet paper for the rich as the industry underwent a severe liquidity squeeze. Bitcoin, he and many others contend, is the hardest money that has ever existed. Cointelegraph has additionally touched on the characteristics which serve to make Bitcoin a much safer long-term investment than gold. I don't have a whole lot to say about that. Max usually hits shit on the head pretty hard. Dark web vendors are selling face masks for Bitcoin. Mm. Talk about fiat. Vendors who previously sold drugs and other illicit goods on the dark web are capitalizing on the coronavirus pandemic, scumbags. April the 7th, this was written by Adriana Hamaker for Decrypt.co, and she says, Dark web markets, which disguise disguise server location and offer a way to buy almost anything anonymously with Bitcoin, are now awash with face masks and other coronavirus-related goods, according to a new study by blockchain analytics company Elliptic. Face masks such as N95s, manufactured by U.S. supplier 3M, are in scant supply, and their sale for non-medical use has been restricted. As governments have rushed to secure supplies to protect frontline medical staff during the coronavirus pandemic, but Elliptic reported on Monday that hundreds of listings have recently appeared on darknet markets for N95 masks. Because dark web markets lie beyond the reach of regular search engines and payment is made with cryptocurrencies, they are popular with criminals. Oh, come on, decrypt. As buyers and sellers are largely untraceable. Listings offer medical-grade masks in bulk at around $1.75 U.S. per mask, a surprisingly low markup on retail prices, notes Elliptic. Legitimate marketplaces such as Amazon list the same masks on sale for $10 each. Jesus. God. As well as illegal drugs, stolen credit cards, and now face masks, darknet vendors are also offering diagnostic tests and the much-hyped anti-malaria drug chloroquine researchers said. While it's been touted as a coronavirus cure by Trump, chloroquine's effectiveness as a cure or prophylactic has yet to be medically approved. Despite this, packs of 150 pills are available on the dark web for 500 bucks. Oh my God. On prescription, a similar quantity of the drug is around $25. Elliptic reported the dark web sites. Indexing sellers from the United States to Europe and Russia have appeared as demand for protective equipment and medicines have soared. These vendors are opportunistic, jumping on any opportunity to supply goods that are difficult to obtain elsewhere. (laughs) 
The researchers said they point out that while it is not possible to confirm whether the products are genuine, around two-thirds of the sellers could be considered authentic given their user ratings in large numbers of previous sales. Over a third of those selling coronavirus-related items are established vendors who usually focus on selling drugs, while 45% sell fraud-related items such as hacking services or counterfeit banknotes, said the research. But a new online shop dedicated to the sale of masks has also launched. The vendor claims to be a wholesaler for hospitals, declaring everybody need a chance to get a mask for protection, not only medical employees. Hmm. If only the CDC could make up its mind on whether we should wear them. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't sell your Bitcoin for a mask, guys. Honestly, that's just, come on. Seriously? Okay, that's going to do it for round one of the snooze you can use. Let's do some vitals. It's vital that you get your vitals, bro. CNBC.com has the traditional markets looking pretty good. I, I don't know. I guess that good is a relative term at this point because this is kind of freaking ridiculous. But S&P 500 is up two and a quarter or two and three quarters of a percent. NASDAQ is up 2%. The Dow Jones is up 3%. The FTSE is up 2%. Nikkei is up 2 uh, The Hang Seng is up 2 The Shanghai is up 2 uh, the VIX is actually down. It is, it's, the VIX's last was 44.37, and that is the volatility index, which means that the, I guess the volatility is going down. Most of the bonds are up. Uh, the Japan 10-year uh, has turned negative once again. It is at negative 0.002. The Bund, the 10-year German bond, is up quite a bit, in fact, it's gained almost, God, a tenth. Uh, it is only at minus 0.3. So you're still losing money to own that son of a bitch, but not as much as yesterday. Oil is up 0.65%. Its last was $26.25 a barrel. Uh, natural gas is rallying like a son of a bitch. Uh, it was yesterday. I didn't say it, but it was. And today it's up another 5%. It looks like it's at $1.81. I think that's for million cubic feet. I think. Not sure. Um, I've never really been a natural gas guy. So uh, gold is down $1,693. Uh, silver is up uh, 2.5%. It's at $1,556. And wheat and copper, we don't really give that much of a shit about. So that's traditional markets. Let's get into actual real markets. Bitcoin is at 7,341. Looks like we're going to have, is that the high? Yeah, that's going to be the high. We have a low over at P2P, B2B at 7,173. So not as tight of a trading range as normal. 287,000 transactions made in the last 24 hours gives us 12,000 transactions on average per hour. We had 1.2 million BTC being sent in the last 24 hours with an average per hour being sent of 51,869 BTC. Average transaction value was 4.3 BTC. The median transaction value is 0.048 BTC or about 355 bucks. Block time's a little low, nine minutes and 21 seconds. 
we have 0.16 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis. And wow, 24.5 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We've had a 10% drop in hash rate, bringing us down to 101.8 exahashes per second. Again, that is BitInfo charts. The hash rate, we'll have to check here in a second on my node. And it looks like the last time uh, somebody didn't do anything on Bitcoin was yesterday. Ethereum is at 169, Bcash at 257, BSV at 188, Litecoin at 46.5, Ethereum Classic at 5.5, and, and Dogecoin. Dogecoin rocketed up, man, 0.002. <laughs> That's a good dog. 30,500 transactions in the last 24 hours makes Doge walk all up and down Litecoin, but pretty much nobody else. Eh. But still, it's it, Doge is at 0.002. It's usually 0.00181319, but yeah, it's broken to the 0.002. Nice. Now, my note. My node is showing the hash rate at 110 exahashes per second. There is 20 megabytes in the mempool representing 12,500 unconfirmed transactions. Over the last 10 blocks, all the blocks are full. Lightning Network is brought to you from bitcoin.clarkmoody.com. That is Clark Moody Bitcoin. We have 937, 937 BTC in the network. That is $6.92 million worth of liquidity. The total nodes is 6,672. The total number of channels is 36,303. Tor capacity is up again. Uh, we have 392 BTC in the, in the Tor network part of the network. And that brings the percentage of Tor capacity to 41.9%. The number of Tor nodes is getting almost to 2,100 or 1,945. That's going to do it for Vitals. Welcome to the snooze you can use number twos. It's thedailyhodl.com starting this one out. The Daily Hodel staff is writing this sometime yesterday. Investors pour $215 million into quantum computer, promising 1 million qubits, enough processing power to reshape nearly every industry. Eh, or so they say. A new quantum computer under development is slated to have 1 million qubits, significantly more powerful than Google's most recent milestone, Psi Quantum Corp., uh, Silicon Valley company is developing a photon-based commercial quantum computer that runs on light. The company has raised $215 million from investors with participation from BlackRock Advisors, uh, Founders Fund, Atomic Co., and Redpoint Ventures, the company's OTE. I'm not sure what that is. I think that says the company's note, but whatever. Ah, while a working prototype is estimated to be years away, the advanced technology is aiming to blow away the competition with a far superior machine. Founder and chief executive officer Jeremy O'Brien tells Bloomberg, quote, I don't want to sound arrogant here, but I really don't care what people's criticisms are. Oh, God, who does that sound like? I just could care less whether someone's got 5, 10, 50 or 100 qubits. If you need a million, tell me how close you are in time and money to that. That's what we've done. Oh, that sounds honestly like 
Craig Wright. It does. It sounds exactly like that, man. Google made waves last year when it released details about its quantum computing achievements. The double-digit qubit machine reached a milestone in the field, crunching in a mere three minutes a calculation that would take traditional supercomputers 10,000 years. I wonder what that was. At the time, Dragos Illy, a quantum computing and encryption researcher at Imperial College London, told Forbes that Google was far from cracking Bitcoin. Uh, quote, Google's supercomputer currently has 53 qubits. In order to have any effect on Bitcoin or most other financial systems, it would take around 1,500 qubits, and the system must allow for the entanglement of all of them, end quote. Commenting on Google, Google's breakthrough last year, Cardano creator Charles Hoskinson called quantum computing the rocket science of our time, pushing engineers around the world to solve a whole new class of problems that previously would take time for the universe to solve. Psi Quantum's proposal is a game changer, a one million qubit system that would reportedly take up an entire conference room. Founded in 2016, Psi Quantum raised $230 million last year from several investors, including Microsoft and Playground Global. The company's founder and chief executive officer, Jeremy O'Brien, is a former professor of physics and electrical engineering at the University of Bristol and was the university's director for the Center of Quantum Photonics. While Psi Quantum has yet to publish academic papers that can be peer-reviewed, O'Brien revealed a blueprint of quantum computer at the World Economic Forum in 2016. According to O'Brien, quote, this blueprint will enable us to build the first quantum machine capable of tracking Oh, sorry, tackling important problems across artificial intelligence, genomics, genetic engineering, and finance, and in the design of new materials, pharmaceuticals, and clean energy devices. It's also true that if you look anywhere across science and technology, you'll find problems that a quantum computer can solve, and solving these problems will enable us to tackle some of the great challenges that we face today in climate change, economics, big data, cybersecurity, and the list goes on and on. I think just as the computer is now the center of our lives, so too a quantum computer will ignite a new technology revolution that will transform almost every aspect of our lives, society, and economy, end quote. So <clears throat> why did I even read this one? Well, quantum computing, if you don't know, is the, I don't know, one of the things that has the, can potentially have the ability to crack encryption. Some encryptions are easier to crack than others. Uh, there are several different encryption schemes. The one that Bitcoin uses is SHA-256. If, if a quantum computer cracks SHA-256, like if, the, if it happened today, we'd be in trouble. I mean, I, that, there's just no two ways to slice that piece of bread. That we, we would be in serious trouble because within, you know, a few seconds, it would probably be able to crack every single wallet that has ever been, I don't know, ever been kind of. It's sort of the, it's, you can look, Google the traveling salesman problem and you can fall down that son of a bitch if you want to. I, again, it's the traveling salesman problem. Um, SHA-256, thankfully, is quantum resistant, at least so far as we know. It is my hope, my deepest hope, that along with the newfangled stuff that we are, you know, seeing built on Bitcoin, some of the things that's going into Bitcoin, I really hope that people are working on a even better quantum resistant uh, SHA-256, like an encryption scheme 
that would replace Shaw 256. Yeah, I know. You're going to throw shit at me. It's okay. I, I can take it. Believe me, I can take it. Do I want to change Bitcoin? No. But I am concerned about the, the whole quantum thing. Thankfully, what's neat about this particular thing is that it does not take a quantum. And now I don't know. I, I know this because I've been listening to other, other people in quantum computing. And several of the people that are like, you know, heavy hitters in the field swear to God that it does not take a quantum computer to build a quantum resistant encryption scheme that you can just do it with just regular old stuff. Okay. But I've always, I've always wondered what would be the first thing that somebody with, you know, like a, the, the, the only people that, that have enough money really to build this kind of thing are going to be governments and universities. Will it really be their first reaction to kill Bitcoin? Will that be the first thing that they do? Because if that's the first thing that they do, then all these people de deserve to be in hell. Because what they would be doing, if they, like if they did it today, and we found out that a quantum computer broke SHA-256 and we're all screwed, then that just means that they're in the pocket of, of the people that we fight against. And I mean, honestly, I really do. I see a bifurcation of the moral fabric of, of all people everywhere in the world. That there are just people who are, they're born scumbags and there's absolutely no way back for them. I hate it, but it seemed, I, you know, I, I had the highest hopes for humanity, but humanity again and again and again never ceases to amaze me at the depths of which they will continually enslave each other. It is, it, I don't understand it and I don't think I ever will. I don't think I'm created to, but it, again, it is my hope that people are working on a quantum impermeable encryption system. That's all I can say about that. So uh, now gaming, I love gaming. I like video games. I really do. Don't have time to play them anymore, but man, I love video games. The potential of video games and education, in my opinion, has been completely untapped. Uh, there's so much that you can do with video games if if we would just stop blowing shit up and it's okay. If you want to go blow shit up, that's fine. I've blown a lot of stuff up in video games. Okay. So I'm, I'm definitely at fault here, but for education, you know, education and other things, video games, I don't know, man, I, I think their potential is completely untapped. I also think that video games are going to have to go through years of shit coinery before they figure it out. Let's see what Elena Perez from Cointelegraph writing this morning has to say NFT floodgates open with an impressive lineup of blockchain games in 2020 blockchain in the gaming industry is one of the space's hot topics in 2019. This year is catching the interest of both young independent developers and large corporations conferences and hackathons. I think she meant 2020 guys, but whatever. Our hackathons are periodically held around the world for developers to search for new ideas for integrating blockchain into games. The main advantages of blockchains are its decentralization and open source nature, which can significantly change the gaming market. The technology is taking trust between developers and players to a new level, and users can now own and freely exchange in-game assets without intermediaries 
and even between different games. This is also beneficial for game publishers as they can earn extra revenue by selling game tokens and items. Of course, the launch of AAA titled games using blockchain is still a long way off and gamers will not be playing World of Warcraft or Counter-Strike on Ethereum anytime soon. <laughs> ever. You spelled ever wrong. But blockchain games that allow gamers to earn tokens are becoming more numerous as well as an attractive way to spend one time. Of course, the growing interest in games that use blockchain could not be split away from the development of the blockchain itself, or rather the appearance of various types of tokens. Almost all such games use non-fungible tokens, that's the NFT part of this thing, which record unique features of an in-game item in token metadata and allow the transfer of items from one game to another. Today, one of the most popular tokens is the ERC-1155 multi-token standard developed by the Engine Project. It can be similarly issued and sent in large quantities. Its popularity is explained by the Block Pegneo team, developers of the Six Dragons game. Quote, we have built all our tools on the Ethereum network, poor guys. Using the ERC-1155 standard and tools of the engine platform, our decision was driven by the security of the Ethereum ecosystem. Oh, yeah. The simplicity of engine blockchain tools, oh God, and the excellent blockchain wallet of engine that can be easily used not only from crypto experienced users, but newcomers as well, end quote. Moreover, NFTs and the games that use them are supported by large investors. The Winklevi in November of 2019 acquired the Nifty platform, positioning itself as the first centralized U.S. dollar-based NFT exchange. The platform allows for the United States to withdraw fiat. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> the platform allows users from the United States to withdraw fiat and plans to implement funds withdrawal from international users soon. Since 2019, the interest in blockchain games, blockchain-based games has been on the rise, helping some projects such as Gods Unchained to generate significant revenue. This year promises to be even more exciting for the industry. The biggest change is likely to be seen primarily in the development of various game genres, which was confirmed by the Block Pegneo team. Quote, in terms of popularity, we have to recognize that last year's Gods Unchained was the most popular title. We expect game developers to start focusing on creating real gaming experiences that can reach people beyond the blockchain niche market. That means to move from gamified concepts such as CryptoKitties, Axie Infinity, and trading card games to real 3D experiences like fantasy RPGs, first-person shooters, and the likes, because apparently we can't figure out how to build an educational game that will hold the attention of a child for longer than 15 seconds. It's just criminal. Guys, come on. Really, that's all we got out of this technology is role-playing games, first-person shooters. That's what we get. That's all. It's one of the reasons why I've kind of stopped playing uh, video games. Honestly, it's just the same shit all the time. Whatever. Besides the biggest existing market projects like the Sandbox, Decentraland and Gods Unchained, the market will see a number of newcomers in 2020 claiming to change the stat state of gaming itself, and these projects aren't only card games. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and end it there and list off the names of the games that are going that they're talking about here because there's actually quite a you know a, a fair few here. 
Upland is, read this one, the year 2020 will not be complete without a game close to the real world, especially if it's possible to buy and sell real objects like in Upland. This game is based on the EOS blockchain that offers trading of virtual real estate in real cities such as San Francisco. The Six Dragons is an RPG developed by Blockpegnio LTD for PC. An early alpha version of the fantasy game is currently available and boasts a massive open world for players to freely explore. Why? Fight, farm, harvest, and create more than 300 unique blockchain items. Neon District is a cyberpunk RPG game and the flagship of the blockchain game development studio Blockade Games. The plot is simple, taking place in a city called Unity in which there are neighborhoods of rich people and a quarter of outcast in the Neon District. The rebels are fighting against an oppressive government. Players level up their characters, collect NFT equipment, develop a strategy, fight it out in story missions and among themselves. As the development of characters and equipment increase, players can choose new abilities and properties. All equipment can be freely sold or exchanged on the Ethereum network. Oh, God. Collecting sports. In the last couple of years, the professional sports industry has shown great interest in cryptocurrency with numerous teams participating. The collaboration of blockchain and sports organizations is mainly aimed at tokenization, a hobby that reaches back to the baseball and bubblegum summers of the 20th century. For example, in F1 Delta Time, players can assemble virtual Formula One cars, pick their drivers, and participate in races. Competitive racing will be a key element of F1 Delta Time. And let's see here. Uh, on the Oh, <clears throat> okay. So those are the main games that they're talking about. And we'll just end it off here by saying that the blockchain-based games are not just created for entertainment, but they fulfill an important mission to introduce blockchains to an interactive environment and attract people who are unfamiliar with the crypto world, an important step towards mass ad- adoption of the technology. And honestly... I mean, I get what they're saying here, and you're probably going to kill me for saying this, but if that's all you think of this technology, then you are woefully childlike. I mean, woefully childlike. Video games have been around, God, let's see, I was playing Asteroids on a stand-up console in these things we used to call arcades when I was a kid. Okay, I mean, Pong was around, I think Pong was around since like the late, very late 60s, but it was, had to be done with like a a fair amount of equipment. And it really wasn't until the mid 70s, late 70s that you started getting stuff like, you know, Atari consoles or, and uh, Coleco and all, all kinds of stuff. In either event, to this day, in my opinion, the abilities of, video games is yet untapped. They haven't even scratched the surface. At this point, it's all about, oh, you know, like, a, a, oh God, synth, or a synthesized opioids in the brain. I can't remember what they're called. I know you're yelling at me right now. It's okay. It just, it's, it's, it's just a drug at this point. It's not being used for anything good. N- nothing. I mean, again, I've had my fun, but when I compare it to what video games could represent, man, dude, we're so not doing the entire, the entire industry is not doing itself any favors. Let's just say that. Now on to gold, Jerry, gold. 
Bitcoin traders can now buy and sell gold, Jerry. P2P on Paxful. Peer-to-peer -peer marketplace Paxful has added gold to its list of tradable assets. Customers can now purchase gold or exchange it for Bitcoin. Nicholas Marinoff is writing for Decrypt.co sometime this morning. Peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin marketplace Paxful has added gold. Paxful customers can now buy and sell gold for Bitcoin. The P2P exchange works by pairing buyers and sellers looking to make a trade. Both parties come to an agreement individually before making the transaction. The peer-to-peer -peer exchange was once notorious for its lack of know-your-customer protocols allowing its users to make trades anonymously. Last year, however, the exchange finally buckled, spineless, under the pressure of tremendous fraud and added KYC requirements. Again, spineless. In this case, all parties involved in gold transactions of $50 or more are required to submit to a full identity and address verification process. Additional verification may also be required from individuals looking to sell gold. Bitcoin remains in escrow with Paxful until trades are completed and the delivery of physical gold must be completed within 21 days. At least there's physical delivery, all right? Paxful's announcement comes at a time when both gold and Bitcoin have dropped in price due to the effects of the market stemming from coronavirus. These drops have given rise to doubts about their status as a safe haven asset. Huh? Okay, you can believe whatever you want, pal. But Paxful CEO Ray Youssef doesn't think it's fair to judge either gold or Bitcoin too harshly during these times. In an interview with Decrypt, he explained that virtually every tradable asset is likely to behave in an unpredictable manner whenever global panic ensues. Gee, I wonder why. Quote, people who have different positions in the equity markets are using different asset types to cut their losses. Even in these trying times, gold did not face super dramatic dips in prices, which is a testament to its resilience. Gold traditionally has been a store of value and associated with finance for many, many years for its unique attributes. <laughs> yeah, heavy and untransportable isn't an attribute. It's actually a bug, dude. Okay, so just saying... Yusef added, gold to Paxful was part of a broader vision to bring a new dimension to peer-to-peer -peer finance. The move makes perfect sense, he said, given that both gold and Bitcoin share similar principles in terms of scarcity, utility, and uniformity. Again, let's talk about weight and transportability. Just saying, while Bitcoin has also endured a series of heavy price slips since mid-March, it, like gold, has managed to bounce back rather quickly and is now seemingly in recovery mode quote paxful is the only peer-to-peer -peer marketplace that services gold gold marks the start of other goods and services as a method of payment in paxful i like this i can't help it again i don't hate gold i really don't i just think it's transportability and it's uh storage is a problem i that's it other than that i don't have problems with gold even though I know that it's a mission, starting in May, we're going to have an emission rate of Bitcoin that pretty much matches gold, if I think. If I'm wrong, then it'll be the next halving. It doesn't really matter because what's going on right here is that within my lifetime, there will be less gold emitted governed by mathematics than the amount of gold being produced as we speak all over the universe. Gold is made by, by the collapse or explosion of suns, okay? It's the only way that it can be made. Guess what? Universe is a big place. These 
suns are popping off all the time. It's like popcorn. If you were to look at the universe as a bag of microwave popcorn and you throw it in the microwave, that's what's actually going on. Suns are, are exploding all over the freaking place. And every time they do, they make a certain quantity of gold. That quantity is a lot. And we still have yet to get off this rock to go look for it. So the emission rate of gold from either this May or, ne or, or f the next May, four years from now, will always be higher than Bitcoin. Keep that in mind. 306 million. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's the, oh, wait a minute. No, no, sorry, sorry. Let's do this again. Daily HODL staff writing for Daily HODL. $306 million in Bitcoin sold for 18 cents. Crypto trader says Coinbase order book shows huge blunder. Now, before we get into this, it should be noted. We have to take all these things with a grain of salt. I don't like Coinbase. I think they suck. I think that they have never been a Bitcoin company, even though Bitcoin built their damn company. They have never liked Bitcoin. I don't know why, but screw them. Okay, screw them. But all that said, let's just keep in mind there's several things that could happen here. So let's go. A crypto trader and technical analyst says he spotted a massive blunder while skimming the order book on the U leading U.S. crypto exchange Coinbase. The pseudonymous analyst, who goes by the name Captain CO, posted an image of the exchange's trade history on Sunday, showing that someone picked up 42,000 Bitcoin worth $306 million for just 18 cents. Quote, just saw this happen in the daily. 42,000 BTC at 18 cents. That's a heavy error and overload for Coinbase. Although Coinbase has not released a statement on the unusual trade or confirmed whether it actually went through, the company says it reserves the right to reverse any transaction linked to a major technical error. Quote, all fills are final and will not be reversed unless... Coinbase is compelled to do so by any applicable law or regulation or due to a series of technical errors, orders or fills do not occur as specified in the rules, in which case Coinbase will make all reasonable efforts to restore all traders to the position they would have been in had the error not occurred. Okay. This isn't the first time that traders have tracked a major price glitch in on Coinbase. Back in January of this year, a separate Coinbase issue reportedly sent the price of XRP to $8,341. And in December of 2018, traders spotted a flash crash on Coinbase Pro, formerly GDAX, that apparently allowed traders to buy Ethereum at $13. Ethereum is currently trading at $164, up 14.66%, while XRP is at $0.19, cents, up 8 and Bitcoin is at 7,252, up 6.85%, according to data compiled by CoinMarketCap, uh, which is uh, apparently has been bought by Bitfinex. Uh, yeah, by Bitfinex. Wait, yeah, Bitfinex. Uh, apparently that, that sale has gone through. Anyway, so, you know, did it, did it, did it happen? Probably. Is it probably, is it going to be reversed? Probably. Again, you know, even though, Mistakes like this can rob a whole bunch of people, and that's never good. Um, the whole thought of Coinbase just being able to make a decision as to whether or not they're going to um, roll shit back 
kind of, you know, that, I, I don't know. I don't like that. Sorry, I just don't. Um, okay, we're going to end the snooze you can use with this one from Trevor Smith. He's writing today for Bitcoinist.com. Ethereum surges 14% today. Here's three reasons why. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And a Bitcoin. No, Trevor, I'm not going to read anything that you actually wrote about why Ethereum does dick. Because the only reason Ethereum or any other shitcoin does anything is because Bitcoin says it's okay. You all bend the knee to Bitcoin. When Bitcoin goes up, all the shitcoins go up. When Bitcoin goes down, all the shitcoins go down. This is the way it works. If you want to look at charts of Ethereum, all you really have to do is look at a chart of Bitcoin. You can pretty much map out what any of these sons of bitches are going to do unless you're part of a pump and dump scheme and you know something. Then if you're just a regular Joe that is not trying to fleece people out of their money, then all you need to do to trade Ethereum is look at the Bitcoin chart. All you need to do to trade XRP is look at the Bitcoin chart. Why? Because they all bend the knee to Bitcoin. That's why. That's all I got to say. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. My apologies for not having a daily train wrecked. I just couldn't find anything stupid enough to put in there. I, it's probably because I'm I'm being bombarded by stupidity all the time. Mostly, maybe just my own. But still, I can't recognize anything that's being more stupid than the other anymore. At least not for the time being. But I do have a joke. And this one is from our old friend, Dad Says Jokes, who's written a book about falling down a staircase. It's a step-by-step guide. Get it? Step ah. You guys are impossible. But chicken report. Let's just let's go ahead and do it. It's it's short. Chickens are doing good. Um, had my dog, who's like a I guess people would classify my little dog as a little yipping dog. Uh, we don't know what kind of dog he is because we kind of rescued him. <clears throat> but he's I don't know. He's probably about the you know. Double the size, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say twice the size by at least by weight of a good size Tomcat or Alley Cat. And uh, he's got herding in- instinct. I can see it. I can see it in him. I, I'm pretty sure that he's part terrier and cl- I think maybe part Shih Tzu. I'm not sure. But the terrier part of him is kind of coming out because they kind of have a tendency to get herdy. You know, they kind of like to herd things. So um, what I can tell because he keeps walking around the chickens, even though that the chickens are in either their chicken coop uh, or in a chicken tractor is where where we keep most of the day. um, He just, he'll lay by them. He'll walk around them. And I just, I don't know, man, it's, it's a herding instinct, but better yet, better than that. He's a good, he's being a good guard dog. Uh, a cat got into our backyard because we have a lot of stray cats around here, which is not healthy for having a chicken flock. Um, and man, he was not happy about a strange cat being in his backyard. And that, that cat got, <laughs> that cat got fucked with pretty hard. And it was lucky for the cat 
that he was able or she was able to jump onto the fence. And literally, she had to jump onto the flat side of a fence, okay? It basically, think of like, you know, your general picket fence, and you've got uh, the stuff that the, the poles that hold up, you know, the, the cross beams, and it, you can climb a fence real easy when you're on one side of the fence, but the other side of the fence is flat. Yeah, the side that she had to get up was flat, and literally I saw this cat jump into the middle of the fence and dig her claws into the wood and hang there like a spider for a second before she was able to figure out how to get up across the rest of the fence. It was amazing, and I wish I'd had a video of it, but I didn't. However, there is something to be said about having a, a potentially good guard dog and a herd dog. We call these, if, you're, if you were to watch on Thanksgiving Day, the, uh, oh, what's the name of that dog show? It's really famous. I can't remember it right now. Uh, but it's every, every Thanksgiving they have this thing. And one of the classes of dogs that they show is called the working dog, Okay. And working dogs are herders, guard dogs, you know, like German, I think German shepherds are in there. I, you know, I, I can't remember all of them, but, um, like bloodhounds and well, I, bloodhounds are actually in the hound class, but still there's a class of dog called the working dog or the working, you know, working hound. And what they do is they're classified that way because they actually do shit. They're trained to either be guard dogs Sniff drug dogs, um, herding dogs are really important. That's where you get the blue healers and stuff like that. So having any kind of livestock, even if it's just in your backyard, I highly recommend a dog. Don't get, depending on the size of your yard, don't get like a freaking pit bull or like a bull mastiff or something that you have to feed 50 pounds of dog food a day because it's really expensive. And for something like a chicken, and honestly, even for cows, you don't need a big dog. I mean, a couple of blue healers and, and cows, they'll, if they're trained right, they'll, they'll figure it out. And the cows don't like to be annoyed, right? So they'll pretty much just do whatever it takes to get away from the dogs. So you don't need a big one, okay? So if you're planning on or thinking about doing like backyard chickens or something like that, um, get a dog. If you already have a dog, be sure that your dog is going to be able to get along with the chickens and not want to sport kill them. It's possible, okay? It's it just, you know, you got to be aware of these things. It would be a horrible thing for me to say something like, oh, just let your dog, your dog will just figure it out. And then you let the dog out and then it sport kills, you know, a half a dozen chickens before you can get to it. Don't want tragedy. You never want tragedy, okay? It's bad enough to undergo that as an adult. I got two kids. My daughter is absolutely in love with the chickens. It's one of her favorite things in the in the world to do is to put the chickens in the chicken tractor and help me get them out of the chicken tractor and put them back up in their coop at night. And one reason is because we have this one chicken that always escapes. It's amazing. It's the same chicken. And somehow or another, she, she is, has escaped every single day for a week. It's amazing. Anyway, um, Tuesday, it's being, you know, Tuesday and all. Um, I don't know, this is really, it's kind of actually kind of boring, but do, you know, think about that very first story that we were reading about 300% increase in people looking to, to learn shit about Bitcoin. It doesn't just have to be about Bitcoin, man. Uh, there is an amazing, I mean, if you have an amazing amount of time on your hands, 
anxiety is right around the corner, especially if, if you're, if you've lost a job, I get it there. And I mean, I don't know what to tell you guys, but if you got some, if you have some savings and you can sit on, you know, sit it out, um, then, and you're not, if you're not worried about that part, if you're not worried about the sitting it out part, because you have, you know, save some money, um, then your anxiety becomes something a little bit different. It's like this like gnawing feeling in the back of your mind that's like you could be doing something. You could be doing this or doing that. Well, by all means, you can always learn how to do something. You can always learn how, you can always do that. I mean, if you can't re- sit still and read a book because the anxiety is killing you, and you can't do yard work because the anxiety is killing you, then try learning something completely new. You know, go to you know, uh, code camp, or I think it's called free code camp, um, and learn how to code. Why not? I mean, it's not like you don't have the time. So do whatever you can to keep the anxiety away because what comes after anxiety is depression. And you don't want either one of those sons of bitches. I believe, ask me how I fucking know. Okay. So with all that said, I will wish you happy learning. And then I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.